0: Well, good morning, everybody. We're certainly glad you're here this morning, and especially if you're visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. And just want a couple of announcements. One is hopefully you picked up one of our uh, Lenten devotionals last week. <clears throat> uh, this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, and that starts the Lenten season, which is 40 days till Resurrection Sunday, not counting Sundays. Um, but we've got these four. You can certainly... Um, Get one of those and and follow along with that. And we have these beautiful flowers here this morning in memory of uh, Kelly Amos, who had a memorial service here today, uh, yesterday, I I should say. And uh, it was a beautiful service and and left some of those flowers for us to enjoy uh, this morning. Well, I know a lot of y'all, and we're going to pray at the end of the service for the folks in Ukraine. And I also want to remind you that um, I know we're a little uneasy with all this that's happening, right? I'm not sure where that's all going to go, um, but we also need to pray for those folks. I, I specifically think about the folks in Poland who all of a sudden are having their over a million of their neighbors rush into their country um, who were displaced from their homes, and, and this is a, a, a an amazing thing, and they are welcoming them, but it is overwhelming when all of a sudden you have a million neighbors coming into your country, and you've got to put them somewhere, and they're... Um, just devastated from what's, I mean, you know, we think of giving up chocolate or something for Lent. Can you imagine giving up your house and your country? Um, And never saw, you know, that coming. And, And here we are having to deal with that. So please think about not only the people of Ukraine, but also those people in the surrounding areas who are taking these people in and trying to house them and trying to give them what they need, not only physically, but also emotionally and spiritually dealing with what you're dealing with, like why is this happening, why is this man doing this, all these kind of things that are going on, so please think about that. Well, we are in the Lenten season, and we are moving towards Resurrection Sunday, and we're going to start a new sermon series today called The Road to Resurrection, and we're also um, talking about in our Sunday school classes, some of those meet right now during this service, and then you all know after this service we have... Sunday school classes as well, if we get that slide up about the Easter experience, um, it's something they're going to be doing in Sunday school, and we're trying to tie these two series together to keep us focused on why did Jesus have to come into the world, and obviously that's to die on the cross and ultimately to raise again so that we not only would be forgiven, but death would be um, defeated. And so we want to celebrate that and think about what Jesus went through rolling up into that time of Resurrection Sunday. So this morning, I want to start this new series, and um, uh, I don't know about y'all, but when I take my weekly, I roll my garbage out to the street. Any of y'all do that? You know, we all have to do that. Oh, yeah, it's Wednesday night. I gotta do that, you know, and I yell at my son, Sawyer. Sawyer, trash night. Okay, Dad, and we roll the recycling down. out, and I don't really think about it again till that night when I come back home from work or whatever we're doing, ball practice, and we Take those back in the house, right? And they're empty, you know? But man, if those things don't get taken, you, you you know about it pretty quickly, don't you? Well, I thought about during COVID, man, we had a lot more trash at our house, did y'all? You know I mean? It just happened because you're home a lot more and you're seeing all these things. And so there's a, a great story that came out of that, that down in Miami Beach, Florida, there was a um, a trash company that had a couple of guys who had never... Um, since they had been working in Miami Beach, Florida, for this sanitation company, ever missed a day of work, ever. And it was even more important that they not miss work during COVID. And the people that were home, because they were home, all of a sudden you go, oh, wow, there's the trash guys. And you start seeing them more often because you're home and you see them. And they got to know these guys a little better than they had. But anyway, one particular resident of that community says, hey, when they come this week, let's all be outside with balloons and signs and tell them how much we appreciate them. So that's what they did. And so these guys turned the corner to come into this neighborhood, which they come, you know, for all these years, and all of a sudden they see all these people lined on the streets, and I'm sure they had their masks on and were six feet apart and all that. Because this was in 2020, y'all. I'm telling you a story that happened already. Um, But these guys really got pretty emotional and teared up because they thought no one really thought that they were even thought about or appreciated, but they said no, and everybody was cheering them on as they come to pick up their trash, and it really, really meant a lot to them. Even the, they said, even the mayor showed up, and and one particular lady who had gotten to know them before all of this says, what is particularly special about these two men is the positive energy that they bring with them. They always have smiles on their faces. They never miss an opportunity to say hello to some and brighten someone's day. They go out of their way to help others and expect nothing in return. They said one of the guys one day spent 45 minutes going through this lady's trash to try to help her find a ring that she lost. I mean, who does that? Can you imagine asking one of your people to do that? Like, yeah, right. Just throw it in there, we'll have to find it later. The Another guy actually waited for over an hour because as one of the residents had come out, he had collapsed in his yard and they thought he was having a heart attack and he waited with him till the paramedics came and got him to the hospital. So they wanted to show um, that we really appreciate these guys, but these guys never saw that coming. And uh, so I bring up that story to ask maybe you this morning, have you ever had an event in your life that has had an ex- significant impact on you that you never saw coming. We probably all have those something happened wasn't even something we were thinking about or expecting and all of a sudden it happens but it impacts you in a, in an amazing way or maybe even in a, a, a not so A positive way. These guys obviously uh, experienced it in a positive way. But as you think about those, you probably weren't prepared for that. And I think about 2020, the event that happened to all of us was the COVID-19 pandemic. It has and it continues to have major effects on all the world. We never saw that coming, did we? Just all of a sudden it happened. And people have been affected obviously physically by it, but people have also been affected mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And that has this lasting effect, doesn't it? as we have seen. And how many times do we describe the events in the recent past before COVID or during COVID, and now we kind of say after COVID, but I'm not even sure if we're really in that true after phase, are we? So a lot of our time will be kind of, you know, how we, you know, before Christ, after Christ, it's like before COVID, after COVID is how we're going to describe some of our, our lives after that. But we're also watching this event unfold in the Ukraine as the Russian military is moving in to take over and occupy that nation. And we think maybe there were rumors, maybe there were signs that we knew this was going to happen. But nobody, I don't think, thought it was going to happen when it did and how it did over the last two weeks. We're kind of going, man, we haven't seen something like this since, what, World War II in Europe. And it it is something that they weren't really ready for. But as we start our Lenten journey that leads us to Resurrection Sunday, we see how people during Jesus' time did not see the resurrection of Jesus coming, did they? They really didn't see that part. They heard Messiah and they thought, this is going to be a leader who's going to come and make everything better in our lives. Our nation's going to get stronger and we're going to be back on the map like we used to be in the golden age of Israel. That's what they thought. No one saw this coming. Now, bear in mind, Jesus shared on several occasions his coming suffering that was going to happen to him. He specifically told his disciples and those who listened to him teach, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to go before the religious leaders, and I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to die. But on the third day, I will rise again. Jesus says this in the Gospels at least three times, specifically to his disciples, but they miss it. They don't get it. They don't understand that that's really going to happen. Jesus' closest followers did not see the resurrection coming. The average person in Israel didn't anticipate this. They wanted a quick fix to whatever was going on in their life. Even Jesus' enemies did not see the resurrection coming, or did they? I want to read a specific passage today, and this may seem a little odd today that I'm talking about the resurrection before we get to Resurrection Sunday, but I'm trying to get us to understand as we're leading up to that some of the background and how people thought. Because I like to put myself into that place where it's like, if I had been living in that first century, what would it have been like for me? How would my reaction be to Jesus? How would I have perceived him as this person who said he was the Son of God? having my background in in deep religious Jewish roots. How would I have responded to Jesus? But in Matthew 27, and this is the day after Jesus has been crucified on Friday, this is Saturday, in Matthew's account in chapter 27, verses 62 through 64. Listen to what it says there. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. And listen to this. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Now, we may, you may or may not have heard that passage before, but when you think about it, so Jesus' enemies didn't expect the resurrection, or did they? Well, maybe they didn't really expect Jesus to rise from the dead, but they expected that the disciples were going to come and steal the body and at least make it look like Jesus rose from the dead. But listen to this. This last deception will be worse than the first. Does this tell you how evil and bent these guys were in their mind? They were the religious leaders. They were supposed to be leading people to a relationship with God, and this is how they think. What were they referring to as the first deception? That Jesus had authority to do the miracles? Because they always questioned that. Were they referring to Jesus and him saying he was the son of God? That he could forgive sins when he healed someone? He says, also forgive your sins. And they go, who has the authority to forgive sins? That he was the Messiah? That he was actually God in the flesh? I and the Father are one? Is that what they were talking about? So they did anticipate a faking of the resurrection, but not the actual rising of Jesus from the third day. They just wanted to keep the story from getting out. But isn't, isn't it interesting to note that Jesus' enemies, the chief priests and the Pharisees, thought about this so much, they remembered more about what Jesus did in some instances than the disciples did. And they went to Pilate and says, they need to do something about this deception that may happen. And notice that who was not there, it says the Pharisees and the religious leaders. There's also another group called the Sadducees, and they don't believe in the resurrection. And that's why they're sad, you see, right? Okay. (laughs) I know, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. But that's true. They argued over this. The Pharisees and Sadducees would argue over, they believed, the Pharisees believed there was a resurrection, and the Sadducees did not believe. You just died and that was it. And so they don't go because they don't believe in the resurrection anyway. And in some ways, they did anticipate at least the thought of this happening, or at least they anticipated Jesus' followers trying to make it look like it happened and create something. However, the Pharisees, even though they believe in the resurrection, they say, we don't want this to happen. So they tried to prevent it by posting a guard. Now think about that for a minute. A guard or guards with swords and spears could stop. God from raising Jesus to the dead, or at least his followers from faking it. The same God the religious believers say that they worship and had throughout history of Israel included and know in their history that God has performed all sorts of supernatural miracles. When you read the Old Testament, from the parting of the Red Sea to Um, uh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego going into a fiery furnace and not burning. All the, some of those stories we know. They know about how God has worked in history, supernatural miracles to make His will come about. But now they're currently even celebrating one called the Passover. Remember that night of the Passover? They celebrate that supernatural miracle of God coming in and because of that, The death of the firstborn when they didn't have the blood, the Egyptians didn't have the blood over their doorposts like the Israelites did. God finally, you know, that night Pharaoh said, okay, just take the people and get out of here. That was a supernatural miracle. They're celebrating this hundreds of years later, and yet they're trying to say, we're going to do something to stop what God's doing in the world. Like God was stumped when he saw that. Oh, I didn't think they would post a guard. Now what am I supposed to do with this resurrection? That didn't phase God. All of us either believe the resurrection of Jesus really happened, or we believe, like some of these people do, that it was a deception, and it really never happened. Our decision about what happened that Sunday morning is crucial, I believe, for the transformation in our lives. What we believe about what happened then has an effect on how we live now, doesn't it? It really does. Now, we can also have a belief that Jesus, well, he may have. You know, we can kind of be like most people, I think, in culture who just go, well, yeah, I mean, I guess there really was a guy named Jesus in history, and he supposedly rose from the dead. I mean, I guess he did. But how does that have any bearing on my life? If you don't really believe that, it's not going to have a bearing on your life. If you really believe that, it should have bearing on your life. And most people don't believe it has a bearing on our everyday lives and ultimately our eternity we've done a lot of funerals in the last few weeks haven't we james (laughs) and every time i'm a part of one of those y'all we're talking about the eternal destination of someone who has just passed that's been a part of our lives and man i've had a lot to think about lately i think we've had seven funerals in seven weeks and it makes you think about your own life and your own eternity Because it's going to happen to all of us. And so what we believe about the resurrection. Yesterday in this funeral for Kelly Amos. Although I'm watching Mark in his grief of losing his wife way too early. I also recognize the fact that Mark has the hope of the resurrection. That he will see his wife again. He has to have that. So he believes. She believed that Jesus really rose that day some 2,000 years ago. And it makes a difference in our life, and certainly in our death, doesn't it? It has to. For the next few weeks, we're going to go on a journey and look at what happened leading up to the death and resurrection of Jesus. All these things that took place. And we're going to do this in these messages on Sunday morning, in worship and in our Sunday school classes, and try to answer this question. And this is presented to us in this series we're going to do in our, in our classes, um, the Easter experience. And the question is this. What if what happened then changes everything now? What if what happened then changes everything now? Well, it should, shouldn't it? The resurrection of God, and I don't understand this right now. I don't know how to put that into words, but what's going on in Ukraine and maybe beyond what happened to Jesus then does have something to do with that now. I can't explain all of that, but I believe it has to have something and changes everything now. And as we approach that question, I want us to look at another text um, from John's gospel. We looked at Matthew's gospel, but we're going to look at John's gospel. And this was after the resurrection, and John had seen Jesus, the one he followed, resurrected. He not only saw him, but he touched him. You know, I don't believe that Thomas was the only one who touched Jesus' hands and his side. We think about Thomas, but the other ones I want to go, man, can I just, Jesus, can I just touch your hand? I want to know that it's real. He saw Jesus walk. He saw Jesus cook fish and eat fish with them. He was an eyewitness to those experiences. And after those experiences that he eyewitnessed, he decided to write about those experiences. And in John 20, he says this, verses 30 through 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John's telling us why he has written his version of Jesus' life, his account of of Jesus' life. Obviously, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But John said he recorded his experience so that we may believe Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Son of God, and that through that belief, we might have life in his name. Notice that John is writing in present tense. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. And this was written many years after Jesus' was on the earth after Jesus had died on the cross, after Jesus had risen from the dead, and after John had seen all these things, had seen Jesus ascend back into heaven. And he's writing, and in present tense he's saying, even though Jesus is not physically here on the earth again, he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God. Present tense. John believes that, he saw that. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit inspiring John to write the book about Jesus was so that others may have life presently in his name. And John is also the one that recorded Jesus himself saying, I believe it's in the 10th chapter, where Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it what? To an abundance, to the fullest. That's why Jesus came. And so John, with this perspective later in his life as an older man, is thinking about all that experience and he's writing this down and he's saying That's why Jesus said that. It wasn't just about that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, but that we might actually have life through him. Presently, today, have a different life. And you know, that is why we are called an evangelical church. And some of you go, what? I thought that was a bad thing. And we hear that word, yes that term gets tossed around in political discussions about and labeling people in groups. But at the core what that means is that we are a church that takes the good news of Jesus' life, death and resurrection and we share it with other people. We want them to know about it, we want their lives to be transformed. Share that, that very truth that John wrote about in his gospel. Telling, sharing, and inviting others to know the very truth about Jesus and his followers. And his followers then, his followers now. And as we go, that's what Martha Wade, is, as Mike just mentioned, Martha Wade and all our missionaries, as they're going into other places of the world, they are sharing that hope of the gospel that they are saying. It makes a difference here and now and in your life and in mine. So we're going to look in our messages in our classes, these things, over the next few weeks. And again, I want to encourage you, if you can, we have these Sunday school classes that meet after this service and before this service uh, down this area. And uh, it's a video series, but the first one uh, is going to be called My Life um, Has a Purpose. And in week two, we're going to talk about My Life Can Change. Uh, week, week three, will about, uh, it will be about My Pain is Understood. Week four will be about my life has a plan. Week five, I have and you have the promise of eternal life. And then Easter Sunday, I have a hope that never fails. So we're going to look at those things as as we go. Because again, we're trying to answer that question in our lives. If what happened then, what if what happened then changes everything now? And it should. And we hope you'll be here for this series and consider being a part of that. Well, I want to close this morning with just an illustration. Uh, uh, Not too long ago, uh, ESPN, they do a lot of documentaries, and I'm a sports fan, so I love to watch those. And you kind of know the story behind the story of a lot of different sports. But back in the 90s, you probably remember the Buffalo Bills were in the uh, Super Bowl four times, and they lost all four times. They had some really, really good teams. But I remember the first year, I think they were in that, uh, Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl twenty-five, and I remember it came down. Uh, the Giants were winning, I think, 21 to 20, and with seconds leaving the clock, the Bills had a chance to win that Super Bowl by kicking a 47-yard field goal, and there's you know, always a lot of pressure on the kicker. And a guy named Scott Norwood, a lot of you all remember, well, they kicked that field goal wide right, and they didn't win the game. But what happened as a result in this documentary, they talk about, you know, all the players are talking about your feelings about losing that game and getting there and and how disappointing it can be. Um, But no one probably felt more uh, that pain than, than Scott Norwood. Even after years... Uh, And missing that attempt, he says uh, he describes his feelings. He says, sorrow, I guess the disappointment of letting all your teammates down and all those fans, they were there on the field with me, and I let them down. He says, I get choked up just thinking about it, trying to put myself back in that situation, even though it was that many years ago. But nothing prepared Scott Norwood for the greeting that we'd receive the next week after the Super Bowl. They went back to Buffalo, and there was nearly 30,000 people screaming to meet the Bills and say, we know you lost, but we still love you guys. And as they did, and Scott said, I was kind of hoping I could just kind of blend into the background. I don't even want to go to the parade because everybody's going to go, there's the guy who missed the field goal. But he says all of a sudden he heard the fans screaming, we want Scott, we want Scott, we want Scott. And this is how he described the scene. He says, We got back into town, and I did not know what to expect. What I really wanted to do was just remain behind the scenes. But there was this chant, and it kept intensifying. I was not expecting to be called to the front like that. I had to speak off the top of my mind and real quick. I think, in a sense, that's when the truest feelings arise. So the documentary shows Scott taking the microphone, and he said this, I know that I have never felt more loved than I do right now. And that's called grace. And as we make this journey to Resurrection Sunday, it's not about whether we deserve it, because we deserve condemnation, don't we? It's easy to point the finger at somebody like Putin and say, that's the problem with all the world, an evil dictator. That's easy to do and distract it. But all of us Because of our sin and rebellion against God, we put Jesus on that cross just as much as Putin did. And we look forward to this Lenten journey because it helps us reflect and remember, yeah, I deserve condemnation. I missed the mark. I missed the field goal much more than that. I missed being who God created me to be. But the good news of the gospel is that I'm forgiven. I have that grace. And that God's calling my name and says, not only do I want to forgive you, but I actually want to be in relationship with you for eternity. That's why the resurrection, y'all, is so important. That God could have just, yeah, I died for you, I forgive you, now just go and, and that's it. No, he goes, no, I don't want to just die and walk away and say I forgave all of them, I did this great act. No, I want relationship with you for eternity, even after I've forgiven you. Think about that. It's one thing to say, hey, I forgive you. Now, please don't ever come into my life again. But God didn't do that, did he? He goes, no, I want to be in your life for eternity, even knowing the sins that I've forgiven you for. So as we move toward Resurrection Sunday, we want not only to experience that amazing grace and love that Jesus gave to us, but we want others to experience that and see it transform our lives. So this morning, we offer an opportunity, as we always do, And I remind people that we have, uh, right after our service, we have a little room back there right off the lobby called the Connection Corner. And uh, you may be willing to come forward and and make a decision today, but that might be a little uncomfortable. But we do have a Connection Corner, and if you'd like to know more about the church or would like to have someone pray for you, we have folks in that room. And I'm going to be walking in there right after the service, and we'll be glad to meet with you if you have a decision you'd like to make. But we are going to offer that invitation, as we always do. There may be somebody here today that recognizes that what happened then does matter now, and I want to start that journey. And I want to name Jesus as my Lord and Savior and be baptized into Him. So we're going to offer that opportunity this morning. Or maybe you're looking for a church home, and y'all, we are not a perfect church. We mess things up. We don't get it perfect. But we are committed to following Jesus and follow um, what He did, not only in His teaching, but what He did ultimately in His life. And we want to share that good news with others and we would love for you to be a part of us if you need that decision today. So I want to ask you to stand at this time. And Mike's going to come and lead us. And if you have a decision today and you'd like to come forward with that, you can walk forward and I'll try to walk you through that.
1: Jesus.
0: Make a couple of more announcements. You've heard some of them today, but I want to remind our ladies that next Saturday there is a lady spring luncheon here in this room. And Mike's right, we had a lot going on this week in this room. Did we We had the the blood drive? We had Northgate High School did their basketball banquet here on Thursday night. We had a lot of things going on this week, and we're um, blessed to be a part of those things. But ladies, if you uh, have not signed up for that, we've got a lot of ladies out in our lobby there at a table. Uh, and you can't miss them, and they'll sign you up for that. It'll be from 11 to 1 next Saturday here at the church. And we've mentioned the Easter experience. hope some of y'all will join us in that class. Um, also want to remind you that we have a, a, a subscription to something called Right Now Media. And uh, if you would like to see that video series that we're showing in Sunday School, we can get you uh, hooked up with that. You can send me an email through the website or our church secretary, and we can get you on that subscription. Um, Our student ministry, our middle school high schoolers, are going on a spring retreat, um, March 18th through the 20th. If you've got kids or grandkids that might be interested in that, please see our student minister, Alex. And uh, Miss Patty Cake is coming back. Some of y'all might be going, now what? If you don't know who Miss Patty Cake is, she is quite a a lady, and she was here last year. She's been coming and uh, attracts a lot of little kids. But the way she presents the good news of Jesus to kids is is an amazing thing. And so she's going to be here for a pajama party on Sunday, March the 27th at 3 p.m. And I know some of you are going, yeah, I'm not doing pajama parties. But if you have grandkids, I promise you they will love it. And so we're excited uh, about that happening. So just a few of the announcements uh, that are coming up. I know there's more. But uh, again, if you uh, would like to know more about the church, please, we'll have that uh, connection corner open. And if you are here for the first time today, we are very grateful for for your presence. I'm going to pray and include that prayer for the Ukraine today. And uh, Do we have that slide, y'all? I don't want to put y'all on the spot for for IDES. Do we have that slide possibly that we could show up there? Maybe you've already shown it. Do we have it? You don't have it? But we've been recommending, there's an organization we recommend to send money to. If you're looking, y'all may already know one, but it's called IDES, and we'll try to have that for you um, in our newsletter this week. But let's pray. Father God, thank you for all the things that went on here this week. And we know the church is not Just a building, it's people. But Father, seeing the different things that went on from a blood drive, a basketball banquet, a a memorial service, and more, Father, we're just thankful that you bring us together through so many things. But Father, we think about our brothers and sisters in another part of the world in the Ukraine. And every day um, here in the office, we hear Jonathan, one of our staff members, talking to his friends uh, back in the Ukraine. And this is for real. And they're losing their homes. And Uh, It's just, it's hard to watch that and know this is going on. So we pray for them, Father. It seems like, um, you know, it's hard to know what to do. We're worried to get involved is going to cause World War III. And should we get involved? Should we do more? What can we do? Father, help us with the answers to these questions. But we ask your peace that passes all understanding for these people. We pray for the folks in Poland and surrounding countries who are opening their doors to these people and trying to, to give them a sense of peace in the, in the midst of this difficult time. So we ask that you be with all those organizations worldwide that are coming to help the Ukrainians and that they will feel your love in, in the presence of you in, in the midst of this difficult situation. And Father, we pray for the heart of uh, Vladimir Putin and those Russian leaders who were continuing to promote this and to try to take over another nation and and, and and doing all of this. We just pray you will soften their hearts and help them to be reasonable and 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 stop this, Father. So we we pray it in the name of Jesus. But be with us as we leave here and and help us uh, in our own communities, in our own relationships, to be the person that you've created us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.